So, gifts. We love getting gifts. I love getting gifts. I love the gifts that I know are coming. Like Father's Day, I, I, know, I don't know what I'm getting, but I know gifts are coming, and that makes me very excited. I love Christmas. I love birthday week or birthday month, birthday block of time. I love gifts. And today, we're going to talk about the most awesome gifts, because did you know that, that our God is a generous, generous God, and that he gives us good gifts? If you want to uh, turn in your Bibles to, to Luke chapter 11, um, we're going to read a, a pretty good chunk of scripture, but i tell you where, where you really need to turn to, and that's 1 Corinthians 12, and mark it, and then don't, don't lose that mark, because that's where we're going to be camping today, and that's where I'm going to be preaching from today as I talk about gifts. Um, the title of my message today is The Giver, The Giver, and just so you know, I don't, it doesn't matter which person of the Trinity that we're talking about, they're all givers. The Father is a giver, the Son is a giver, and the Holy Spirit is a giver. So let's read Luke chapter 11. I'm going to read 1 through 13. So read with me and, and track with me. And if it's easier um, to just to listen as I read it, if you, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation, feel free to just listen and, and as I read the word. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, Teach us to pray, just as as John taught his disciples. Jesus said, this is how you should pray. So then Jesus goes into what we know is the Lord's Prayer. Father, may may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Give us each day the food we need and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation. Then teaching them more about prayer, he used this story. So Jesus is continuing to answer that question on how to pray. So he uses this story. Suppose you went to a friend's house at midnight, wanting to borrow three loaves of bread. You say to him, a friend of mine has just arrived for a visit and I have nothing for him to eat. And suppose he calls out from his bedroom, don't bother me. The door is locked for the night. My family and I are all in bed. I can't help you. Beat it. But I tell you this. But I tell you this. Though he won't do it for friendship's sake, if you keep knocking long enough, he will get up and give you whatever you need because of your shameless persistence. And so I tell you, keep on asking, okay? So it's ask and keep on asking. This is a repetitive verb that Jesus is using here. Ask and keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Seek and keep on seeking and you will find. Knock and keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. Everyone who seeks finds. And to everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. Okay, so he's still talking about Prayer. He's still teaching them how to pray, right? So let's continue. You fathers, if your children ask for a fish, do you give them a snake instead? Or if they ask for an egg, do you give them a scorpion? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, 
how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? How much more will your generous giving Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? I want you guys to know that God loves a hungry son. God loves a hungry daughter. God responds to hunger and he responds to tenacity and he responds to persistence and he responds to, I'm not going away until I've gotten from you what I need or I'm not going away until I'm equipped by you for the things I need to reach my community or this friend visiting me at midnight or whatever it would be. The father knows how to give good things to those who shamelessly persist, to those who don't grow tired in asking. But he wants us to ask. He wants us to desire him. He wants us to hunger for him. And the result is he gives us good things. And I'm telling you right now, there's nothing gooder. Of all the things he gives us, there's nothing gooder than the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the best of the good things that he gives us. And guess what the Holy Spirit loves to do? Give. He loves to give. So aren't you glad that we serve a God who's so generous and affectionately generous and abundantly generous with us? So as I mentioned, the title of my message is The Giver. And today we're going to we're going to try and wipe away some ignorance concerning spiritual gifts. And just in case you guys are thinking that's a harsh word to use, those are Paul's words, not mine, okay? 1 Corinthians 12. Let's read verse 1, and then we're going to, in a minute, in a second, jump down to, to verse 4. Verse 1 of 1 Corinthians 12. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. I told you. Verse 4. There are diversities of gifts. Diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, I don't want you to be ignorant, is what Paul says. Obviously, he's addressing an area where this church in Corinth um, had some confusion about how the gifts were to be used. So he responds to it right away. They had reached out to him and said, hey, we have some questions. And so in 1 Corinthians, um, which our men's Bible study is going through right now, so we invite you to join us Wednesdays at 6 a.m. He's addressing those questions they had. Now concerning this, now concerning that. So now he's like, hey, now concerning spiritual gifts. And he provides instruction. He provides clarity. He's like, I'm going to wipe away the ignorance and I'm going to instead equip you with knowledge, with information with learning, with equipping. So let's look at these verses uh, that follow and then break them down so that we also can gain knowledge about spiritual gifts. Verse four. There are diversities of gifts, 
but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of all activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Notice he said the same Spirit, the same Lord, the same God. And this certainly is a reference to to all three persons in the Trinity. It's It's a reference to the Father, the Son and the Spirit, but in, in his order he references the Spirit, the Son and the Father. And Paul's message is this, there are many gifts and there are many different ministries and many different activities. And with, within each of those gifts that they are coming from the same God. So the Greek word translated as activities in this verse, is energemea. Energemea? Energemea sounds a little Jamaican. Energemea. We're going to go with energemea. What word, what word does that sound like? Energy. It's the same root word that we get our word energy from, and it's the word activities. And here's how it's translated. It means the thing that is produced, the outcome. Paul is teaching that when we plug a spiritual gift into a ministry, we get a powerful result. And when I'm talking about ministry, I'm not talking about some formal organized thing or some even specific office. I'm talking about the ministry of being a saint, the ministry of being a follower of Jesus Christ. When we plug a gift into a willing heart that is willing to be used by God, it produces a result. That's what Paul is saying in this. So what kind of outcomes will this process produce? Paul tells us in the next verse. But the manifestation of the Spirit, this is verse 7, the manifestation, the, the displayed working, the making known of the Holy Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Can you guys say that? The profit of all. The profit of all, the benefit of all. So why does the Holy Spirit give spiritual gifts to us? So that those gifts can be released in ministries for the profit, the benefit, the advantage, good, powerful results for all. He gives us gifts so that we can be a benefit to others. He gives us gifts so we can learn to give to others. He gives us gifts so we can better exemplify our God. He teaches us to be like God, who is a generous giver of gifts. And so he gives us gifts and says, hey, these are going to benefit you and you're really going to be glad you have them, but I'm giving them to you to benefit others. And in the meantime, I'm taking care of you too, don't worry. And part of how I'm taking care of you is I'm giving these gifts to others as well and they're going to minister them to you. So you're you're covered, you're good. You don't have to worry about your needs. If you'll trust me for your needs, your needs will get met. But I want to use you to help meet the spiritual needs of others. Notice also that these gifts are given to each one. These gifts aren't given to most. 
These gifts aren't given to some. These gifts aren't given to the super spiritual, whatever that means. These gifts are given to each one. Each one of us is the receiver of these spiritual gifts at various times and places. If we are born again and we are willing to be used by God in generosity for the profit of all. So what kind of gifts? What do these gifts look like? In the next few verses, Paul explains some of these gifts. He talks about nine of them. Today, you know, we're, we're going to just kind of unpack them. Now, we're not going to go in the order that, that Paul lists them, um, but you'll, you'll see why. So let's read those, those nine gifts that Paul talks about. So 1 Corinthians 12, we're now in verse 8. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit. By the way, you think Paul's wanting to make a message that all of these are by the same Spirit? I mean, he's trying to make a point. To another, the working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, discerning of spirits. To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all of these, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Distributing to each one individually because he doesn't just treat us as a big gray glob, you know, mass. He, he treats us as individuals and he gives as he wills. So let me, well, for the sake of understanding, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to group these nine gifts into three different sub-gifts, okay? But I don't, you know, it's just for the sake of our understanding. It's for the sake of, Jesus doesn't call these three subcategories by these names, but, you know, it's going to help us to learn them, okay? But first, let me explain something about the gifts that many people don't understand. Some people read this, and, and here's what they think. They think this. They go, this this must be what God is doing. He 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 looks at one person and he says, hmm, I think I'll give Mark the word of knowledge. And he looks at Kara and he says, hmm, I think I'll give Kara the working of miracles. That's a good one, right? You guys, that, that, that's not what God does. That would... That would be like a, a spiritual form of duck, duck, goose, where people get skipped. God is generous. We see that. We see that He gives various gifts, right? And He gives gifts for the benefit of all. So I'm just letting you know God doesn't just give you one gift that you lay claim to and you go, This is my gift. Because I'm just letting you know that that is not. That's not God's definition of generosity. That's not, that's not being generous. God gives gifts. And here's what I, what I wholeheartedly believe. The Holy Spirit, God gave us the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit gives us gifts. And I believe it's like he gives us this tool set. 
He gives us this tool cabinet. And he says, everything that you'll need to minister to others is contained in this. And there's different times that we're ministering to different people and those people have different needs. And he says, I'm now going to give you access to this one. Pick that thing up. Use that. In this situation, I need a word of knowledge to come forth. And I'm going to ask you to give it. And we still have that choice. We have that choice to then be used in that way to bring that word of knowledge. And let's say that we are scared. He goes, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll come back with you again. You'll get another chance. But I really need that person to have a word of knowledge. So I'm now going to, I'm going to ask you to give that word of knowledge. Because he wants that person ministered to and he is a generous giver of gifts. Now, there's certain things that the more we use them, the more we practice these gifts, the more comfortable we get with them. They they just kind of, we learn to recognize, we learn, the more time we spend with God, we learn to hear his voice and to know that's not me, that's God, that's God speaking. And he has given gifts to us to benefit all. Does that make sense? And I want you to think about this also. I mean, the Holy Spirit owns all the gifts all the time. Okay? Even though he gives us gifts, the Holy Spirit owns the gifts, all the gifts, all the time. And I believe that here's the reason for that is we're not supposed to get possessive of these. We're not supposed to go, I have the gift of blank and I'm phenomenal at blank. My gift. Holy Spirit's like, no, my gift. My gift. And will you be used in this gift? And will you be used in this gift? And will you step out of your comfort zone and be used in this gift? So the Holy Spirit gives or assigns gifts for us to use for the rest of our lives and those gifts are there, ready to be used when the Lord speaks and says, will you use this now? Will you be ready now? Will you do this now? So when we are baptized in the Holy Spirit, we didn't just receive one gift for now and for always. The Holy Spirit gives us all these gifts so that at different circumstances, we can use them in mighty ways. Isn't that awesome? That to me is the definition of generosity. The Holy Spirit even goes to great lengths in inspiring Paul to say, hey, let them know I, I give these gifts individually as I will, as I purpose. Now, I'll tell you, I just in my dialogue to the Lord and in preparation for this message this week, there's times I asked the Lord, I said, Lord, I don't flow in that gift as, as much as I'd like to. Holy Spirit, would you teach me? Would you, would you guide me? Would you um, cause me to be more sensitive to you and your leading? Because I want to operate in that gift even more. I'll use, I'll operate in any gift you give me. But Lord, would you, I, I, maybe I'm just not listening. But Lord, would you grow me? Would you teach me? Would you, would you sharpen me in these things? And we see that in accordance with that passage we read from Luke 11. We can ask him and we can be persistent. Friends, if you haven't gotten one of these nine gifts of the Spirit that are listed here and you want it, ask him for it. 
I want it, Lord. I want this gift. I want to operate in this gift. Lord, I want to flow in this gift. But here's the thing. Don't ever use the word only. I only want to be used in this gift. And Lord, I don't want to be used in this gift. Because I'll tell you what happens when we do that, when we say, I want to be used in the working of miracles. Kara's got it. I want it. But don't give me the gift of tongues. I don't want that one. Or, or any of those, right? I tell you what the Holy Spirit does. He goes, well, it's a, it's a package deal. I'm going to give you all or I'm going to give you nothing. You're going to, you're going to be uh, yielded to me or you get to call the shots. I'll, I'll let you choose. God wants a yielded and hungry and surrendered heart. So later in his letter to the Corinthians, Paul summarizes what will occur when the believers assemble. And in 1 Corinthians 14, 26, it says this. How is it then, brethren? Whenever you come together, whenever you assemble together, each of you has a psalm, each of you has a teaching, each of you has a tongue, each of you has a revelation, each of you has an interpretation. Let all things be done for edification. The obvious message that's here is that people come to that assembly equipped. You come equipped to to benefit one another. Church is never supposed to be a spectator sport. It's never just supposed to be a few people with really good voices up here and then somebody, you know, uh, with a, a gift of, of speaking or preaching here and then that's it. We come, we, we spectate, and then we go home. It's always supposed to be interactive. That's what the church is. And we all come locked and loaded to be used of the Lord. Each of you. He uses that phrase, each of you. Let's go back to to chapter 12. Read in verse 7 again. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. That's why I believe at any time I could receive a word of knowledge to minister to any and to all. That, That we should show up here ready to prophesy and to encourage to benefit all. Any believer at any time could be given a gift of faith to be used to believe for something remarkable, something beyond natural. The miraculous. Think about this. Let's say God only gives, let's just use the working of miracles. That's kind of the one that I've kind of camped on. Let's say he only gives the working of miracles to a select few. He's given it to seven people in the United States. This is hypothetical. What if you need a miracle? And what if you can't get to one of those seven people? What if those seven are all out of the country ministering abroad? You just out of luck? I'm telling you right now, the Lord, the Holy Spirit could say, I'm going to give the gift of working of miracles to one of our little ones. And the Lord can use one of our littles to lay hands, to speak, to declare, to to call forth, and we could see the miraculous used from one of our little ones. Young people, I want you to know, like I said, he doesn't just give it to some 
you know, or, or to most, or to the super spiritual. He gives gifts to all. And he's looking for a willing heart. He's looking for a hungry heart. So the nine gifts that are listed in 1 Corinthians 12, of those there are three broad categories which we can place them into to help us understand and not be ignorant of these things. And the three broad categories are the discerning gifts, the declarative gifts, and the dynamic gifts. The discerning gifts, the declarative gifts, and the dynamic gifts. So once again, I'm not going in order as Paul listed them there. The discerning gifts are word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and discerning of spirits. The declarative gifts are prophecy, different kinds of tongues, and interpretation of tongues. And the dynamic gifts or dynamite gifts, the dunamis, the the power, the explosive gifts, are the gift of faith, gifts of healings, and working of miracles. So I want us to look at each of these as grouped under these headings, okay? So the discerning gifts. 1 Corinthians 12, 8, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. So the word of wisdom and the word of knowledge that's spoken of here, so we can classify these two, both of these that are right next to each other, these fall under the discerning gifts. When these gifts are in operation in us, we are empowered to discern certain truths that can help another person. Now, I will say this. When these gifts are operation in us, we can also use these gifts to discern truths in our lives as well. But I'm just letting you know the gifts weren't given to be this self-gratifying thing. They were given to be given to others. So a word of knowledge. Let's look at that one first. What do these gifts look like when they're in operation? So we're going to skip word of wisdom. I understand we're skipping word of wisdom even though it was listed first. We'll circle back to it. Word of knowledge. A word of knowledge is the Holy Spirit allowing you to know something specific that you wouldn't know by natural means. It's a supernatural transfer of information that you couldn't possibly know by natural means. So do you remember the encounter that Jesus had with the Samaritan woman in John chapter 4? The woman at the well, she told Jesus that she wasn't married and this is how Jesus responded to her. In John chapter 4, verse 16 through 18, Jesus said to her, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered him, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband for you, would have, you have had five husbands and the one you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. That was a pretty specific bit of info, right? This is a perfect stranger to Jesus. How did he know that? Now you might be thinking, well, he knew that because he was God. He knew that because, you know, Jesus is God. And oh, I would say to that, scripture tells us that Jesus emptied himself. 
he emptied himself of the, the nature of God and took on the nature of a human. Uh, it, it, that he, and he was fully God and fully man, but, but in Philippians 2, 5 through 9, it says this, have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on the cross. Therefore God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name. He emptied himself of every privilege of Godhead. He emptied himself of every rights of Godhead. He was fully man. Jesus didn't work a single miracle until when he was water baptized and the Holy Spirit then baptized him and fell upon him, descended upon him. You know, they said in the form of a dove, but he's not a dove, but, but descended upon him and remained upon him. That's when we see Jesus operating in the gifts of the Spirit. And what we see here is Jesus operating in the word of knowledge. Oh, you have no husband? Yeah, I know. You've had five, and the one you're with right now isn't your husband. That's a word of knowledge. So Jesus flowed in all the gifts of the Spirit. The Holy Spirit gave him all the gifts, enabled him to move in them. Jesus said again and again and again that he did nothing except what the Father told him to do. So the Father would say, now, operate in that gift, now. Right now, operate in that gift. And he had them right there at his disposal. And I need to drive home this point. It is the same with us, operate in that gift now. I've given you that gift now. You've been baptized in the Holy Spirit. You're hungering after me. I want to use you right now. Will you let me use you right now? Yes. Boom, flow in that gift. All of us can do that. That should kind of scare the heck out of you. But like in a cool way. Because something bigger than us is about to happen through us. God wants to do something bigger than you and, and have it happen through you. Jesus demonstrated what's possible for a follower of God who is fully yielded and obedient to the Holy Spirit. By the way, the, the Holy Spirit didn't reveal the Samaritan woman's secret to Jesus to embarrass her. He spoke it to open her eyes to the working of God at that moment. He didn't do it to embarrass her. That's never the point of the gifts. It's, we don't ever, people don't have to be afraid of the gifts. That's never the purpose. And then for, for three chapters in 1 Corinthians 12, 13 and 14, Paul talks about the gifts of the Spirit and right in the middle, 1 Corinthians 13, we know that chapter. It tells us how we're supposed to operate in all the gifts whether individually or, or corporately, it says do it in love. Do it the most excellent way. Desire the most excellent way. Use the gifts in love. So Jesus wasn't doing this to embarrass this woman. He, he was doing it to let her see, God's got something cool for you and I just need you to see that this is not man speaking, but this is the voice of God speaking through a man. Gifts of the Spirit are always given to edify to encourage, and to set people free, period. 
So let me give just a hypothetical situation. The Lord gives you a word of knowledge for somebody. And you're like, what do I do? So here's, this is just an example. This isn't like the formula. This is an example. You know, if the Lord gives me a word of knowledge for, you know, one of the ladies, you know, that, that you know, either watching online or that I'm, it could be a stranger. I mean, and I say, hey, um, and God really loves you. He loves you so much. And, and I believe he's shown me something that's personal to you and specific to you. Can I share that with you? Huge majority of the time, that person is going to say, okay. And then you share it. You know, God, God showed me this, this, uh, this girl that was sitting on the side of a bed and, and she was crying. And, and I see this, I saw this red, old, wooden, ornate bookshelf across from her. And the, and the girl cried out, God, why did you leave me? Why did you leave me alone? And so the Lord showed me that that little girl was you and he wants you to hear today. He's saying to you today, I did not run out on you. I was there. I was there with you. I never left you. And right now at this moment, I want to heal your heart from that fear of being ran out on. I I want to heal your heart from that fear of abandonment. And he saw you then and he sees you now and he wants to heal you right now. Can I... Can I pray over you what God wants to do? Is that okay? What do you think that person is going to say? Once again, overwhelmingly, the response is normally, well, sometimes they're, they're just befuddled. Like, how did you know that? And they might even say, how did you know that? And you can go, I, I, I didn't know that except that God spoke that to me because he loves you that much. He would speak through a stranger because here's, here's the end result. He wants you free today. Will you let him set you free? He wants to heal your heart today. Will you let him touch your heart? I mean, and that's, that's a different type of ministry. And here's why I say a different type. Because I'm going to do it different than you're going to do, Tana. I'm going to do it in a different way. Don't follow my method. Follow the love of God and push past any apprehension or fear and let him use you in this mighty way. Word of knowledge. I tell you what, I'm just letting you know this is one of those that I asked the Lord, Lord, give me more of this. Lord, give me more of this because it's thrilling because you see like, like tangible touch and tangible healing every time. It's just powerful. And this gift is available to you. If you will yield to the Holy Spirit, this gift is available to you. So another gift on this list of, of the nine. And here's why I say the, the list of the nine there's more than nine. There's, there's more than nine gifts. There's nine listed here in 1 Corinthians 12. But then later on in the Bible, it talks about you know, other gifts. And, and here's the thing. With our super generous God, I don't think we should ever put him into a box and say, there's a single digit number that you are limited to. Nine, the highest of those single digit numbers. No, not for God. He can work in any way he wants. But these are areas that he wants us to not be ignorant of. So another on that list is what the Bible calls discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. This gift involves the Holy Spirit making a believer aware 
of whether a word or an influence is of God or whether it's demonic or whether it's just human. We discern the spirit by the power of God to know if it's God or if it's, it's demonic or if it's human. Now note that this gift is called the discerning of spirits. It's not called the gift of discernment. That gift doesn't exist. It's nowhere in the Bible. It's the gift of the discerning of spirits. Now the Bible does talk about discernment, and of course we need discernment, but all believers are encouraged to discern between good and bad, between right and wrong. And discernment comes to a believer as a result of walking in maturity, walking in obedience, walking in God's love, but this isn't called one of the gifts of the Spirit. Hebrews 5.14 says this, but solid food is for the mature, for those who have their powers of discernment trained by constant practice to distinguish good from evil. Discernment's a godly principle and it's there, but it comes through walking in obedience and love and, and gaining spiritual maturity. So I say that to say, we, Paul said, I don't want you to be ignorant, and so I just echo his sentiments. It's the gift of the discerning of spirits. So in Acts chapter 16, we see the apostle Paul operating in this gift. So Acts 16, 16 through 18, says, as we were going to a place of prayer, we were met by a slave girl who had a spirit of divination and brought her owners much gain by fortune telling. She followed Paul and us crying out. Now listen to what she's crying out because it ain't so bad. These men are servants of the most high God who proclaim to you the way of salvation. What's wrong with that? Nothing just in the words, right? And this she kept doing for many days. Paul, having become greatly annoyed, and I relate with Paul, I would have been greatly annoyed before many days, that's for sure. He turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus to come out of her, and it came out of her that very hour. So how did Paul know that this was an ungodly spirit? How did Paul know that this was a demonic spirit? Through the gift of the discerning of spirits. So what was so wrong with what she was saying? What she was saying, the words themselves weren't bad. But here's the thing. Paul didn't want to be associated. He didn't want his ministry to be associated with somebody who was speaking as a result of an unclean spirit because that wouldn't glorify God. He didn't want any confusion for the followers, for the listeners, for the people who were hungry and going, huh, well, um... You know, this woman's saying this and, you know, you know, how would she know that? So she must be okay. What she's saying ain't so bad. Paul's like, uh-uh, uh-uh. Discerning of spirits. Think about your life for a second. If there was an unclean spirit coming against your home or one of your kids or in your workplace, wouldn't you want to know? And at the same time, let's say there was something difficult you're walking out and you're like, man, this must be the enemy. And all of a sudden through the gift of discerning the spirits, you realize, oh no, no, God's behind this. He's asking us to, to have perseverance through this and, and to trust him in this. This isn't the enemy. This isn't an attack from the enemy. This is, this is God. That's the gift of the discerning of the spirits. 
So now let's circle back to that, that first one listed in 1 Corinthians, the word of wisdom. The gifts of the word, or the gifts of the spirit, rather, they're, they're wonderful, they're amazing, and God gives these gifts to his children. The word of wisdom is a gift given to simply provide a divine answer for a particular challenge or a particular situation. God gives you wisdom, a supernatural wisdom on how to handle a difficulty. He gives you an answer. He, he gives you the wisdom on how to respond in a situation. I found that a lot of times the word of knowledge and the word of wisdom, they, they're actually used quite wonderfully next to each other. The Lord will give a word of knowledge and then he follows up with that word of wisdom. So in my example with um, the girl sitting in front of the red bookcase, which by the way, so I, in my preparation, that's what I kept seeing. So I do believe that there's somebody out there who's watching this and that, that's a word of knowledge for you. And even the word of wisdom that came after, the word of wisdom is, this is what the Lord wants to do. He wants to bring healing. He wants to bring healing for abandonment. And, and that's what he kind of spoke, but not what he kind of spoke, that's what he spoke. So I just want you to know that wasn't just an example that I pulled out of thin air. I, I couldn't shake that. I even kept trying to, at different times, kind of run through different examples. And the Lord said, no, there's somebody who that's, that word is for them that's listening. I just want you to know that. So grab a hold of that. So we see Jesus and Peter, and we see the operation of this gift in Matthew 17, verse 27. Um, Jesus and Peter, they're about to be late in paying the temple tax, which brings me peace that, you know, I'm not the only one sometimes who can be late in kind of paying things. Um, They're about to be late in paying the temple tax, and Jesus gets a word of wisdom on how to solve this problem for both of them. So Matthew 17, verse 27. Jesus says, however, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up. And when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel and it's a coin. You will find that coin, take that and give it to them to pay the temple taxes for me and for you. Word of wisdom. How would you feel if the Lord's like, hey, I, I need you to go dig into, I want you to go to the 7-Eleven, go behind the 7-Eleven, there's a trash can. I want you to stick your hand in the trash can and, and just grab like, like one of those claw games that you find at like a pizza place. And I want you to go in there and grab and when you, what you pull is going to be enough to pay your mortgage. First of all, I'd do it. When God gives us a word of wisdom, we can trust it. It's supernatural. Don't try and put natural means on this. Don't try and let it fit into the parameters of what you think you would do or or what naturally makes sense. It's supernatural. These are gifts of the Spirit. These are three of the gifts of the Spirit. These are the discerning gifts. The next set of three that we're going to talk about are the declarative gifts. But we're not going to do that today. Um, we'll, we'll do that next week. We're going to talk about the declarative gifts and the dynamic gifts. 
next time. And we're using alliteration because alliteration is fun. Here's what the Lord wants for us today. Here's what he wants for every young person in this place. And then for the rest of us as well. He wants us hungry. He wants us asking. He wants us seeking. He wants us knocking. And it's not just a, you know, oh, he didn't answer. It's a continuous not going away, Lord. I'm not going away. I want more of you. I want more of you. I want everything that you have for me. He wants us hungry. Between now and next week, man, dialogue with the Lord. Read read this passage. You know where I'm going. I'm going right back to 1 Corinthians 12. Read it again and say, Lord, this gift, I really don't see myself operating in this gift and I want to. I want to be used in this way to touch others, to show them your life, your power. Lord, I, I flow in this area and I'm grateful for this area. But Lord, I, I want to be used in every one of these areas. Lord, would you just teach me, train me, grow me? hunger for him, thirst for him. And then let's be used for him. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. Because in your word that we read today, we see just how generous you are. Father, we see that you give us the Holy Spirit. Jesus said, it's better that I go away so that the Father will give the Holy Spirit. Spirit, we thank you that you are generous in your giving of gifts and that you're also the teacher to to teach us how to operate in these. Lord Jesus, we honor you because we we see your generosity and that you gave us the gift of, of your obedient, perfect life. That you selflessly laid down every right and privilege associated with being God and you took the nature of man and you walked this earth as a man and you did so in absolute obedience to your father he honored you with the name that's above all names and Jesus we do the same we honor you Holy Spirit we just ask you to Just give and activate these gifts in each one of our lives. Lord Jesus, we, and and friends, make this your prayer. If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, just make this prayer to Jesus. Jesus, would you just baptize us with the Holy Spirit? Baptize us with your Holy Spirit so that we can learn and grow to operate in power and boldness to be bold witnesses for you and to be representative of your power here on this earth and your love and if you're listening out there and you don't know Jesus or if you're in this place and you don't 
know Jesus because you, you haven't said yes to him. You haven't made your heart available to him. Would you do so right now if you believe that he's the healer, if you believe that he is the only way to the Father, and if you believe that he is trustworthy with your heart and with your life, would you just cry out to him and say, Jesus, I give you my life. I repent of my sins and I grab a hold of you and your grace and your power. said before that the Lord does very specific things in each one of these services by the power of the Holy Spirit. And so right now, if the Holy Spirit is pinpointing something in your life, I'm just asking you to respond. Don't wait for me to call it out. He's already speaking to you, which is way more powerful than, than, than me speaking it. If he's already speaking to you about something in your, in your life, an area that maybe he wants to use you in, or maybe there's an area that he wants you to repent of. I don't know. Maybe there's an area that he says, I want to heal you of that today. I don't want you to go another day carrying the bondage of sin and shame and curse. I want to heal you and set you free right now. Then respond to him. He's your God. And he's there to be talked with and listened to. So just respond to him.